y'all want to know what a fucking mess is? LAX. The LAX airport is probably one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. Especially when someone is running fucking late. It's just one of the most horrible things that you can ever put yourself through. But anyways, good morning guys. Christian Oriana back for another episode of Oriana Radio kind of on the go here. I just dropped off my girlfriend at the airport. She has a a fashion convention out in Las Vegas called Magic. So that's where she'll be at on this wonderful Monday morning. Uh, But anyways, hope you guys have had a great weekend, a great week. Um, And I hope that you guys are ready for another amazing week um, with whatever it is that you're doing, whether it be work or the gym. I don't know. But I wish you guys the best in this week. Um, yeah, so for this episode of Oriana Radio, I wanted to kind of focus on something in particular that <clears throat> I've been wanting to talk about. Oh, shit, excuse me, guys. Hold on. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm kind of driving right now, so we'll see how this goes. Um, but anyway, something that I really wanted to talk about and kind of like the focus for my recent Instagram post with me and my Disney shirt and uh, Toy Story, the Toy Story poster from Disneyland, and that is childhood, childhood. The reason why I wanted to focus on speaking about how one grows up is, is mainly because I feel like a lot of the way that you carry yourself as an adult or the way that you do things stems from your childhood, right? How you were raised. And a lot of people could tell you, like, you know, whether it be a good person or a bad person, oh, you know, they're this way or they're that way because of the way that they were raised, right? Well, the same goes for your eating habits, you know? And this is me speaking from experience, you know, kind of letting you guys in a little bit more on my personal life. Um, And speaking from experience, you know, when I grew up, I started off as an only child. My parents come from El Salvador, both born and raised there, um, specifically Chalatenango, Nueva Concepcion is called the, uh, what the city was called. And, um, you know, when, and when, when there were kids, you know, with so many siblings, you know, both average out about what, like six or seven siblings on each side. I won't go into much detail on that, but with so many kids and stuff, my, my grandparents, of course, struggled to keep food on the table in, in a third world country. And, you know, food, food is something that most cultures and families center themselves around, right? When, there's a family gathering or any celebration that's all centered around food, not necessarily any activities per se. Well, especially like in Hispanic families, right? It's all, it's all about the food. And well, back then, you know, my, my dad tells me that they, you know, some of the main courses for dinner was just salt and tortillas or just beans and tortillas. And that was pretty much it, you know? And with that growing up, that obviously, you know, they went through a lot of starvation and a lot of difficulty. So that kind of made them very, you know, very grateful for any food that, that they're able to get. 
and especially growing up as adults, you know, when my dad came to this country and worked his ass off to provide for his family and um, my mom not necessarily doing the same on her part since she she got here and did ninth grade and high school and stuff like that here in, in Houston, Texas. She didn't necessarily go through the same thing that my father did. Uh, but all this aside from the point, what I'm trying to say is that my parents struggled with food and growing up, me as an only child, uh, my dad wanted to give me everything. You know, he wanted to make sure that his son had clothes on his back, that I got pretty much whatever it is I wanted because him as a kid, he, you know, my, my grandpa didn't do a good job and, um, be the dad he was supposed to be, be the father he was supposed to be, and and really provide for his family, you know. So my dad, ever since he was a kid, he knew when he when he wanted to have kids, or not even kids, when he wanted to have a kid, he wanted to make sure that he would have everything. And I and I thank my dad for basically making that happen for me until my little brother came around. Right when my little brother came around. It was a completely different story, but I, I was the one who asked for a little brother. Um, but yeah, so since he wanted to give me everything, that included food. You know, he didn't want me to ever be hungry. So it didn't really help much that my dad worked basically in the fast food business. And with the fast food business... What he would do is uh, fix grills, fryers, cheese melters, build walk-in refrigerators for restaurants, and everything in between. He was a handyman for all this stuff. So when I was a kid, whenever I'd ask for food, whether it be Burger King, McDonald's, whatever, I'd pretty much get it because he was constantly surrounded by it. So because he was constantly surrounded by it, and I would hit him up, you know, I'd call my dad every day right before he got home from work, ask him for some chicken tenders and fries, you know, a kid's meal from Burger King, from wherever the fuck he was at, and he would bring it to me. So because of that, you know, I, I, this food in my life that I was getting on a constant basis, like my, my palate just always, always, always was geared towards greasy, disgusting, food and that's all I would want my my mom would struggle to give me you know a decent meal that she would cook because I would never want it even if it was like not even the healthiest Salvadorian food like platanos fritos con frijoles like stuff like that I would I wouldn't even touch that and and that isn't even healthy at all that's like fried bananas and beans and refried beans you know I wouldn't even touch that so it was hard you know And what I'm trying to speak on is this whole, you know, it all stems from your childhood, right? So because I wanted all this junk food constantly, it it, it led to me being extremely overweight at such a young age. You know, at at fifth grade, I was already 160 pounds in fifth grade, 160 pounds, you know. I, I tell this story all the time to my friends. Um, about how I went to the doctor's office once and, you know, I was a little kid. So I, I asked the doctor, Hey, you know, am I healthy? Just straight up. Am I healthy? And the doctor was kind of a dick. And he was like, yeah, you're healthy, 
but you have to lose about 60 pounds. I'm just like, you know, as a kid, you don't fucking hear that. You know, I was already putting up with a lot of bullying and stuff like that at school. And, you know, kids would pick on me, like older, old, like my guy friends would like make fun of me for not being able to get a girlfriend and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just, it was just, you know, not to say that I was ex- like bullied to the extreme, but it was just rough for me growing up, basically. And, um, you know, I wanted to kind of speak on that because I feel like a lot of people can relate to stuff like that. And maybe for you, you're in your childhood, you know, you weren't surrounded by as much fast food, but because you were exposed to it at such a young age, you know, you have, you might have some mental ties or connections to certain comfort foods, you know, or like foods that your parents would buy you when, you know, you got good grades or something like that, because my parents even did shit like that, you know, I'd get a, an A plus on a spelling test or whatever in first grade or, and shit, and they would take me to Baker's and buy me like an extra large fry, you know, stuff like that, so moving forward and getting off the topic of like my younger, my younger years, um, as I got older, obviously i I knew that I didn't want to be overweight anymore. I knew that I wanted to be healthier and stuff like that. But the crazy stuff, the crazy thing is, is like, you know, we're so closed minded and because we lack exposure to, you know, real knowledge when it comes to nutrition, even me in like high school, when I wanted to become healthier, I thought, you know, back then for me, like healthy meant Subway, you know, like, like Subway is, is healthy for you. Like it's even, even like the way it's labeled or the way it's packaged, you know, it's all green and yellow and stuff. It's like these certain colors that, that you tie, that you tie health to. Right. So when I was trying to get healthier, when I was doing a lot of cross country, when I was trying out for track, when I was doing soccer in high school, you know, I would gear towards just getting subway after school before practice or after practice, whatever. But just because I'm getting subway doesn't mean that I'm necessarily being healthy because I would get a $5 foot long, a whole foot long of fucking bread or whatever, got everything on it, chips, and even some cookies afterwards. Like, like even just subway cookies themselves are like, what, like 300 calories for two cookies, just two cookies, like each one is 150 calories pretty fucking ridiculous if you ask me but like all this stuff it's it's just crazy how one is one is grown up or like you you watch these commercials and you're thinking that shit is actually healthy for you and in reality it's not you know and i'm sure that hold on guys give me one second you know, like I said, I'm, I'm driving on the road right now, so I'm not trying to die. But anyways, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of touch up on, on the whole everything stems from your childhood. And I guess to kind of wrap up this conversation is that things that I would recommend, of course to kind of like steer you in the right direction 
And that is to really do your research and really think about why you feel a certain way towards food. You know, I was just listening to Mind Pump and I know I always, I always reference these guys because I feel like they're just the best at this shit, that they know what they're talking about and they cite their sources and it's really good people. But in their last podcast or a recent podcast, I was listening to myself. Um, they talk about how now psychiatrists or people that are studying psychology, if you want to be a psychiatrist, um, they're taking classes on nutrition now. And the reason why that's so important is because now we're going to have the dialogue that, you know, you're feeling a certain way, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling anxious, you're, you're feeling tired, you're feeling whatever. Now the first thing a psychiatrist or a therapist is going to ask you is like, well, let's take a look at your diet, you know, because what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of you know, your, your, your gut itself, your, your stomach, your gut is basically your second brain. You know, a lot of the serotonin receptors lie within your stomach. So this is why probiotics like kombucha or just probiotic supplements in general have made s- such huge strides in the supplement industry is because a lot of people are now becoming self-aware of how important your gut health is in relations to your mood and how you're feeling overall. So what I'm trying to say here is that you really should pay attention to what you're putting in your mouth because it's it's going to affect everything, like everything in, in your body, you know, but especially your gut and how you're feeling. So really take a step back and be really conscious of what you're eating and not, and this is not just because of your you know, you're trying to get fit or trying to get a six pack or whatever, but just really overall health, <clears throat> which should be your goal is overall health. If you're listening to my podcast, I feel like that's more so what I'm trying to get at versus like aesthetics and stuff like that, or like just looking good is just overall good health is, is, is key to a long life. Excuse me. But yeah, guys, so Childhood, gut health, all stemming into adulthood is basically all I wanted to talk about for this opening segment of this podcast. And I'm sorry in advance if, you know, I'm, I'm practicing. I'm trying to get more content, content out. I'm trying to get better at this. So, you know, sometimes I'm going to be recording on the road just because I want to be consistent. Okay, I just want to be really consistent. And I hope you guys don't mind me being so horrible podcasting. I swear I'm going to get better. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening to my rant for a little bit and just kind of like a little bit more about myself. I just hit some traffic here on the 105 freeway. Um, But I wanted to get into some questions now. I only have two questions for for today's podcast. And so I'm going to start with the first one here. And that is on mobility. So one of my boys asked me, a question in my last podcast, followed up with a new question, and he says, mobility, do you work on it? Is it something that you want to work on or not? Is it important? Um, so what I'm going to say on mobility is that it is definitely extremely important 
And it is definitely something that I need to work on. And reason being is it's not like a huge answer that I'm going to give you or anything like that as to why it's important and why you have to do this. It, but really, it comes down to like recruitment patterns, right? So you want to practice your mobility because the, the main thing that I think about when we're talking about mobility is like a squat. You know, when you're squatting or deadlifting or just bait your, like your basic compound movements, the recruitment patterns that you have, you know, are really difficult to manipulate or to correct, right? So this is where mobility comes into play. With the proper mobility and, you know, the proper recruitment patterns, that is what's going to help you excel in whatever movement it is that you're focusing on. So if you're not practicing mobility, if you're not correcting any bad recruitment patterns that you have, you know, like with like, you know, in relation to mobility exercises like, you know, body weight squat, uh, you know, a, a frogger, child's pose, a 90-90, a wall press, like all this stuff is helping you helping you mitigate the the bad recruitment patterns that you have and really recruiting new ones, recruiting the correct ones, right? Because let's say, you know, you're squatting and you, you've gotten up to like four plates, whatever, but your mobility just isn't there. Like you're hitting that squat, but in like the position that you're most comfortable in. And sometimes that isn't the proper form. It's not the proper technique, you know, and it's going to end up to imbalances in your body you know like maybe you're gonna put too like more of the weight is gonna focus on the left side of your body or like your left quad or or whatever it may be you know when you're doing a squat well you're gonna get stronger wherever you're putting the most pressure on or the more the most weight on and then when it comes to you know let's say you've I don't know you work out with a workout partner that knows what he's doing or whatever he notices is that he notices that and then, like, your world comes crashing down because you've been doing something wrong this whole time. Well, that's the main reason why you want to practice mobility and why you want to really practice good form and stuff like that. And why I think it is really important and it is something that I want to work on personally. And I recommend that everybody work on because it's just going to lead to overall better movement and, you know, better health and better. You're going to get the most out of whatever exercise it is that you're doing. So I definitely recommend working on mobility. And um, it's something that you shouldn't take lightly. And it's something that you should definitely make time for. And it's, you know, it's difficult when, like when you're young, you know, that's, that's, that's like my main thing right now as to why I'm not doing it is because I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm so young, I'm still limber or whatever, even though I am kind of stiff. Um, but it's something that I need to practice on because in the future, when I get older, I'm not going to be able to move as, as easily as I'd like to, you know? So yeah. One second guys, this fucking traffic is just horrible, horrible, horrible traffic on the 105. It's like 7:50 right now. Probably gets to the office at 8:30, which isn't too bad, but yeah. So next question, right? Is, from another one of my boys, this is the first question he's ever asked me, and it says, let's talk about the dangers of pre-workout, kids. And so, 
when he says the dangers of pre-workout, my mind goes a couple different ways on the topic because for me, pre-workouts or pre-workout supplements in general kind of like is a big umbrella for me. Because when I used to work at Nutrition Zone, you know, I was surrounded by fat burners, you know, diuretic pills, fucking make you shit your pants, um, all these pre-workouts and pre-workouts with different types of things in them, you know, different ingredients for different outcomes, supposedly, right? So let me go ahead and speak to, like, the main, I guess, the main dangers of pre-workout as far as, like, your health is concerned, not necessarily your wallet. I'll speak on the wallet part afterwards, and I'll speak on the dangers of, like, some of the ingredients in in the pre-workout, right? So, you know, your basic pre-workout is obviously going to have some beta alanine in it, you know, some, it's going to say maybe some L-carnitine or something for, you know, for thermogenesis, for fat burning properties, and of course, it's going to have some caffeine in it, Um, what else, what else, what else, Uh, some, some even have creatine in them, um, but I would say the main, the main thing as far as the dangers of pre-workouts is concerned is like the, the caffeine in, in pre-workouts because the caffeine range for any pre-workout can, can go from like 150 milligrams to even as much as 500 milligrams of caffeine. And, you know, why is it so dangerous? It's dangerous because, you know, a lot of people don't drink a lot of water. You're not hydrated all the time. You're not drinking a gallon of water a day, or you're not getting the minimal intake of water a day. So people, a lot of people, you know, let's say, for example, a, a university student, you know, you're, you're going class to class all day, back to back, maybe even work. And after work, after class, you're going to hit the gym, right? And maybe you haven't been drinking water. And so you decide to fucking shotgun this scoop of pre-workout and just ingest 500 milligrams of caffeine into your body. Well, guess what? guess what's going to happen when you do that and you're not hydrated? You're going to get a fucking horrible migraine or a horrible headache, you know, and you're going to feel shitty. You're going to feel crummy and the workout is just not going to go as planned. You know, you're not going to get that pump and all this shit that is on the on smack dab on the label of the pre-workout, you know? So it's going to lead to dehydration and you might even throw up and stuff like that. And that is just, you know, dangerous within itself because, if you're extremely dehydrated, like, God forbid, you know, you faint or something in the gym. So I think that's pretty dangerous. Um, but again, hitting on that caffeine note is that a lot of kids like to go for the strongest shit on the shelf, quote unquote, the strongest stuff, which is really the stuff with the most caffeine in it. And when you do that, obviously, you're exposing your your body to so much caffeine that once you hit that top shelf pre-workout, like, what are you going to go to next after that? What, crack? You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing higher than, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as far as pre-workout is concerned. Like, even that shit, when I take it and I have a pretty high tolerance to caffeine, that shit hits me like a fucking truck and I'm so jittery and so anxious afterwards. Like, it's just horrible. It just completely throws off my workout. Well, at least for me. So, that's pretty fucking dangerous, you know, some of these pre-workouts that, you know, uh, some things that people don't realize is that this stuff is not FDA approved, guys, like, this is not approved by the Food and Drug Administration of America, you know, a lot of these things 
these pre-workouts have these labels that say that they're made in like factories that are that usually approve this kind of stuff so really years from now you don't know what you're putting in your body and and how it's gonna affect you and that and i don't mean to like really like make you shit your pants over whatever pre-workout you're taking but realistically you you don't know what you're putting in your body sometimes you don't know if that testosterone booster in this pre-workout is like more than you know more than you should be ingesting at such a young age or whatever and it's gonna make you you know break out and stuff like that so you really don't know with a lot of these pre-workouts and I I guess that that for me would be like the main dangers when it comes to this kind of stuff and I think that moving forward you know we really should be conscious much like the food topic that I had before with your childhood and stuff you need to be like really conscious of what you're putting into your body and what it's doing so definitely be careful with pre-workouts and don't go for the strongest shit and the same thing for like fat burners and stuff like that this stuff this stuff doesn't really work unless you do that's what these like that's what I was told to say is that you know you can buy whatever supplement you want blah 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 but you have to make it work for you and that basically meant that this shit isn't going to work unless you have the proper diet and exercise and sleep schedule, which is basically all you need to really get results. It's not the fucking supplement. Um, but moving forward into the next, you know, the wallet side of things, the money side of pre-workouts, it's not even a huge, like, discussion that I have to have or comment on it. But, you know, a lot of these pre-workouts, guys, are one, they're... Um, Oh, man, I had it on the fucking tip of my tongue. What is it? They're, uh, what is the word? Pre, not, not pre-mixed, but proprietary. They're a proprietary blend. And so what that means is that all the ingredients that they slap on the label, that they hype up and shit like that, all that means is that it was mixed in there, but, you, like, in small, very small, minuscule amounts. So, really, you're not getting the most bang for your buck, and on top of that, a lot of the stuff, like, let's say a pre, a good pre-workout costs you 50 bucks, right, 50 bucks, 30 servings, well, guess what the cost for that is for a nutrition company, you know, I'm not necessarily going to call out which one, because I don't want to get sued or something like that, the cost of a $50 pre-workout or $50 set of fat burner pills is, like, 10 bucks, so you do the math on how much margin that these guys are getting out of you or how much profit they're getting out of you every time you go in there and re-up on your supplements. <laughs> so you do the math and tell me if you want to keep taking those fucking pre-workouts. It's a no for me, dog. But anyways, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here just because, you know, I don't want to take too much of your guys' time because I know a lot of you guys... I thank you for supporting me 100% on my podcasting journey because I know that I'm not the best at it yet, but I hope that you take at least one good thing away from it. And um, I hope that, you know, the rest of your week goes absolutely amazing and you guys kill it and whatever it is that you're doing, whether it be school, work, whatever it is, have a fucking fantastic week. And I'll leave you guys with, I don't know, like, 
what's a good thing to leave you guys with? I guess what I'm what I'm planning or how I well actually I'd, let me let me go ahead and wrap this up kind of with just to kind of give you guys a little bit more of something to relate to, and that is how my weekend went and how I'm gonna manage all the eating I did this weekend. Not to say that I really pigged out or anything like that, but I was really on point the first half of the week, which is Monday through Friday. And then obviously this weekend was uh, I threw a surprise birthday party for my girlfriend and went absolutely amazing. Thank you for everyone that came through, all our friends and her family. She had an amazing time, but the food there, you know, it was really good, but it wasn't the healthiest, you know, it was very carb dense and stuff like that. And then, you know, I went to, I drank obviously, and then we went to Disneyland, you know, I had like this big ass cookie from the incredible right next to the incredibles coaster it was fucking fire Uh, you know yesterday i went to the movies you know i had a good workout had a good leg day good breakfast but had a wing stop afterwards and you know popcorn at the movies so like obviously salt water all this stuff from the weekend so how am i going to mitigate that so maybe some of you guys have had the same like the same weekend as me or just kind of fell off fell off a little bit because you know you have to enjoy life so fuck it. So what we're going to do this week to help with that is starting today, Monday morning, the way I'm going to go about my day is I haven't eaten anything. So I let my body kind of just do its thing and kind of get hungry. And so right now, so that way I propel myself forward on this work day, I'm going to stop by a coffee shop. I don't know if Starbucks or like the local coffee shop near my office, grab a good cup of iced coffee, you know, nothing with added sugar in it straight coffee, maybe like some light non-fat creamer or something to add some flavor because you know how coffee is like pretty bleh, as far as taste is concerned sometimes. You know, I kind of do like the taste of coffee. We're going to go ahead and do that. That's going to carry us all the way until lunch. Lunch time for lunch, probably have flame broiler or like something pro- really heavy in protein. And then that and, you know, obviously, good amount of carbs in there for the workout that we're going to do today, which is back day for me. And then after that, along with that, obviously drink at least 72 ounces of water in my case, and then get home, have another deep, like protein based or heavy protein meal. And, uh, as far as the West rest of the week is concerned, high protein carbs, depending on how my workout is going to go. Um, gonna fast probably this Friday if not another day during the week have like a good extended fast to kind of just let my body do its thing and and flush everything out um obviously get my veggies in my micros and uh for this weekend really make sure that I'm on point because I can't have like a like one good cheat meal a day like I have on Saturday or on Friday Saturday and Sunday this past weekend so this next weekend really be on point drink my water because I'm going to Mexico the following weekend and we're going to fucking do this and we're going to look good. So that's what I'm going to do. And hopefully you guys can get some inspiration from that or kind of figure out what you're going to do to kind of get back on track and uh, really kill it this week, guys. So thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Um, Make sure to follow me if you don't already. That's at Oriana Fitness, O-R-E-L-L-A-N-A-F-I-T-N-E-S-S on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I love you guys. Have an amazing week. Thank you for supporting me.
please share this with your friends and family if you think it's funny. Because right now I know my podcasting isn't the best. And you guys probably are fucking annoyed for me saying that. But it's the truth. I thank you guys so much for listening. Peace out.